All right, guys, welcome back to another No Topic is Safe podcast. This week, we're going to be getting into long distance relationships and some of the experiences that we've had with our long distances relationship being military couples. So um, I'm one of your hosts, Caleb, and then we have Angie. Hi. (laughs) And uh, so, yeah, we're going to get right into it. And I wanted to kind of start this off by talking about uh, our relationship and uh, the challenges and some of the successes that we've had um, in our relationship with being military and, you know, me traveling all around the world and always having to deal with PCSs and TDYs and deployments and all the things that, you know, come with being in the military. And uh, we've done it a lot, (laughs) like more more than uh, I think I would like to. And I know more than Angie would like to, so we're gonna get into <laughs> we're gonna get into um, some of the things that we've had that um, have helped us be successful. So, um, babe, what do you think um, has been kind of like one of the key contributing factors to us lasting? You know, we've been married like eight years now, a little over <laughs> something like that. Yeah, over. Um, yeah. So, like, what do you think has been kind of the key to our success in having this long distance relationship? So I think obviously all the all the tenets of a good relationship have to be there. Trust, communication, respect, loyalty, all that stuff has to be there. But specifically for long distance relationships, um, I do think that we have come up with um, a couple of rules that really help. I think that the couples who tend to be the most successful long distance relationships definitely have to have some sense of emotional independence. And... Because you're not going to have that person there for you all the time. There's time zone differences. There's obviously the physical difference um, or distance in long distance relationships. So I do think that having a little bit of emotional independence, being able to soothe yourself, being able to lean on self-care, self-love practices um, can go a really long way. Because I know that when we're together, it's a lot easier to have each other to lean on. But clearly when you're halfway around the world, and we only have two days to talk, you know, I'm going to have mm-hmm. to figure out how I can get myself in a better mood, um, you know, have, how I'm going to make decisions on my own um, and hope that those are aligned with our grand future. Right. So I think having that sense of emotional independence really does help. I also think that having goals where we can both independently work on them separate but still together are, is really useful. Like, I think that the fact that you came on board to start this brand and start this business with me, it really is helpful because it gives us something to do that's together. We're not yeah. together. We cannot build a family or a life together. We cannot have shared experiences right now. So it's so useful to be able to put our energy into a creative project where you could work on it in your time zone and I could work on it in my time zone. And so we're both kind of creating this thing together, right? Yeah. And I think that that's been really helpful for us. Absolutely. So I going going to the whole concept of like that emotional independence, I think that is probably one of the key things that a lot of people um, that I've seen in the military don't really think about and consider. Um, you know, just because you and I are so experienced with this. I feel like I've become somewhat of a, like a marriage counselor over here to all my younger troops that are like in relationships and, you know, in new marriages and stuff. And, um, one of the kind of the key things that I think they, a lot of them have been missing 
is that emotional independence that you're talking about the ability to kind of self-soothe and you know figure your own things out and work through problems on your own without having to lean so heavily on the other person so um, yeah that reminds me of a ted talk that i watched recently it's one of the most watched ted talks but basically excuse me basically this woman was talking about um, making a case for introverts and how a lot of times in public schools now especially they have gone into this collaborative problem solving so hard that it's leaving the kids who maybe are more independent or maybe work their best independently because they're more introverted personalities and it's kind of leaving them in the dust. So mm. I do think that our culture in general is kind of lacking and missing on this part. If you always expect someone to be there for you when you have a setback or you know, a negative, negative thing that you're dealing with, um, you know, you're not really stepping into your power and you become dependent on everybody around you just to be happy. So it just kind of reminded me of that where it's like, yeah, like we absolutely should be learning and teaching these kids how to work together hundred percent. But also the other half is, can you work alone? Can you function alone? And mm. I also think that the way that the media tends to propagate this whole idea of romantic love in the first place with this idea of like, oh, you have to find your other half and then you'll be happy. <laughs> I think that that is very damaging because if you are not whole to begin with, your relationship is always going to be in a state of lack and compensation. Yeah. So I do think that we need to have this base level of independence, of ambition and of self-love before we even get into any kind of relationships. Otherwise, you're just looking to that person to fulfill you and or save you. That's a very mm -hmm. dangerous dynamic. I mean, this is something that like we kind of struggle with er early on in our relationship because, I mean, I'm, I'll be completely transparent with this. Like I was kind of broken coming into this relationship. I had a lot of, you know, wounds that I hadn't even touched on yet and a lot of things that I needed to work on with myself. And it was only after we kind of identified some of those things and I started really taking the reins of my life and figuring my own shit out and working on myself did our relationship start to really flourish because it I was trying to use you as a crutch to save me and help me and fix me and you know that, that it's kind of a common dynamic between men and women um you know men t typically like to turn their spouses or significant others into their moms um some some men do yeah, it's it, definitely it, a pattern that therapists are taught about for a reason. It's common <laughs> enough that it's talked about. Common on enough. It's common enough. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I and, think and I'm not saying I'm not saying like, oh, like you should never be emotionally vulnerable or no, you should never not. need your partner to lean on. I'm just saying that if you don't have that skill in place, a long distance relationship is going to be very, very hard. Yeah, it can be really challenging, but. Mm -hmm. um, going, going back into that a little bit about like the working on yourself and figuring your own stuff out. I mean, I think it just reinforces that idea that, uh, emotional independence is kind of key because you need to work on yourself. Like you can't just be super heavily dependent on, you know, the communication with the other person all the time. Like we're, what is it like 18 hours apart? So oh, you're, 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 you're in tomorrow. Your nighttime is my morning. So it's like our, our schedules don't line up. So um, it's just understanding that too. And having, I think, a little bit of uh, understanding and empathy around that time difference and the challenges that there that are there. Like, 
if you value the relationship, you're going to make time for it. You're going to commit yeah. to things. You're going to like, like I, for instance, like I don't go out and party at night. Like I don't do stuff that a lot of other people on this base. Neither are do doing. I. Right. No, but that's what I'm saying is like, I, I specifically make sure that I am in bed at a decent hour every night so that I can be here to have conversations with my significant other, you know, be there with you to have conversations because you're the most important thing in the world to me. So I'm going to put that first. And I think it's to have a successful long distance relationship. You need to prioritize that time that you can spend together on the phone or through zoom or Skype or whatever mode of uh, communication you have. But um, it's, you know, get your priorities straight, figure out what's important. That's going to be probably one of the biggest things. Definitely need to prioritize the communication a lot more for long distance relationships. Mm -hmm. Like I said, because you're not going to have that in-person experience, you do need to carve out the time and dedicate it. You know, I'm exhausted right now. I already worked out. I already had a whole day of work. It's nighttime for me. It's time for my dinner. But we committed to doing this podcast. You woke up early for it. I'm staying up late for it. And we're making it work. Um, But also, you know, just going back to the whole thing about, like, you need to be whole to begin with. Um... I do think that there is space too. like we need to start talking about how your romantic relationship cannot be your only relationship where you get all of your needs met, mm-hmm. especially in long distance relationships, because most of those needs cannot be met. So right. are you guys willing to talk and communicate um, about, you know, building other relationships, having friends, having family? Something that I found very useful for our lifestyle is when you go on a controlled tour, I go back home to where my family is. Yeah. Because I need some sort of support. And I'm not just going to stay in whatever random town the military put (laughs) us. Yeah. Because I don't have a support system. I don't know anybody. I'm going to be brand new, you know, and, and I'm an entrepreneur. So I don't even have the luxury of getting a job and making friends from there. I work by myself for myself. So making sure that you do have some sort of support system in place, someone that you can talk to that maybe isn't your significant other, but it might be a good friend. Just fostering those other relationships really, um, you know, or moving closer to where you do feel like you have a tribe and you are home. That is another really good tip. So Mm -hmm. if you're a military spouse and you find that your husband or wife gets deployed right when you move somewhere new, Maybe, you know, discuss with them going back home and not not going to that new base yet. Yeah. Also, I kind of want to get into the nitty gritty of like the logistical things that we have done for our relationship to make it last so long. Oh, yeah. Um, aside from like just obviously the community safety, security, like mm-hmm. make sure you communicate. Um, but like because we have this physical distance, it is so important that you both know the people that your spouse is interacting with to some level. Absolutely. So whether whether this is like, oh, like, I don't know how to describe this. Um, no, so, so okay, I, I can kind of like, touch I on this sure, because. I made Sorry, sure that yeah, you met. Mm-hmm. I made sure that you met the friends that I did make here in this new town. I made sure that you met them the first chance that you had where you came home for, for a break. I was yeah. like, dude, you have to go out with the people that I've met. Now yes. you know them. 
Now it doesn't just feel like your wife is hanging out with some random strangers. You don't know their vibe. You don't know their energy. You don't know their intent. Are they good or bad people? So on and so forth. And just like with you, I can't go over and meet who you're working with, but you got to tell me about them. Yeah. You got to tell me who your commander is. You got to mm-hmm. tell me if it's a man or a woman. You got to yep. tell me if she's flirty or not. You got to mm-hmm. tell me if they're gay or not or what, you know, I have to know what kind of like, quote unquote, threats are there or what kind <laughs> of temptations could be there because right. we are apart for so long and it's it's real. Like prox- there is such thing as proximity effect where a lot of times people get the feels for people they are close to. And it has nothing to do with, oh, you don't love me anymore. It's just a matter of that's available. I have a connection that I can tangibly sense. Mm -hmm. And so just being able to have these conversations where it's like, who are they? Um, You know, and really being able to like picture them and and just know who they are, just like how I do for you, where I'm like, you know, these people now. Right. And that helps with that level of trust. And I think that a lot of people are really immature when it comes to this. And they might be like, what, you don't trust me? And it's like, it's not that I don't inherently trust you. It's that I need to know who you're around. Mm-hmm. And that's not some weird, like, jealous thing. This is just a basic, because we know how human behavior works thing. Yeah. And if you don't have the maturity to be open with each other and talk about that stuff, it's just going to make that trust that much harder to mm. um, to build. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you, there was a couple of things that you brought up uh, about, like jealousy and trust and, you know, building those relationships with uh, people outside of, you know, our marriage. And I think one of the things that people kind of like try to steer clear of is jealousy. Like, look, jealousy Fair. is an important part of a marriage. <laughs> like there is a you such a jealous. Th- you don't love me. Right. There is such a thing as mate guarding. Like I get jealous sometimes. Like if we're on the phone and somebody is, you know, texting you and, you know, whether it's a client or a friend and like you're texting them while we're on the phone, I get jealous. I don't give a shit who it is, whether it's your mom or a client or some dude that is randomly trying to hit on you on Instagram. Right. Like, so no matter how you cut the cake, I get jealous because, you know, that's my time with my wife. And uh, this just kind of goes back. I mean, to you're not tr- a dick about it. Also, right. like, no, I think I, having that yeah. self-control is also important <laughs> to talk about here because. Um, you know, I think that where immature people hear jealousy, they think of like a raging lunatic. But what we're talking about is just that healthy level of awareness of like, hey, yeah. I value you and I want to make sure there's no threats like mm-hmm. because I like this thing that we got going. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> there's I do. A healthy, there's a healthy level. <laughs> yeah. So and when I say jealous, I just like there is a certain level of, like she said, maturity where you need to kind of like, OK, take some inventory. Like, am I jealous because. I'm not getting the attention that I want or am I being jealous because I feel threatened and like 99.99 or am I about something yeah. with myself yeah. and that's causing yeah. it to flare up like 99.9% of the time I just sit patiently and let her kind of finish her texting and do what she's doing because I know she's going to come back and we're going to you know finish our conversation so <laughs> but there is well, that it doesn't level doesn't happen all the time right so not just like on the phone when we're talking. Like, oh, no, 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 definitely not. <laughs> like we'll <laughs> we'll spend a couple hours on the phone and she might get one text like maybe once or twice a month. <laughs> that I'll respond to. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, I think it's that. I think it's really like important to pay attention to 
the boundaries and those like understandings of the different relationships that you have and like and the openness that we have too i don't think i know any other couple who has access to each other's social media and including the dms okay yeah like we are so fucking transparent and i'm so proud of that like i know other people might be like Oh, that's paranoia, and it's like, no, it's. What do you have to hide? Like, it's not. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, I, I, I don't even check it. It's just the idea. Oh my gosh, baby, <laughs> let me finish. <laughs> You're getting all excited. It's fun. It's cool. I like it. <laughs> I know. It's like we don't even use it. I don't. I don't think. Um, uh-uh. But, but just the idea that we have built that trust to that extent to where it's like, fuck yeah, you could check my messages. Like, yeah. <laughs> You know, go into there, you know, like, like if you're feeling a little insecure, I have no problem with you going and checking my DMs. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with that because I know that number one, I am not carrying myself in such a way that would ever be injurious to this marriage that we've built. Why the fuck would I risk exactly. it? Exactly. Uh, right. And so it's just like, I think that, and I, I know that that's not for everybody. We're not saying that our way is the right. best way and the only way. However, if you're in a marriage for this fucking long and you're going to be apart for two fucking years, yeah, having access to each other's shit really can just create that level of like, yeah, we got nothing to worry about. It it definitely (laughs) fosters a sense of safety and security in the relationship when you know the other person has nothing to hide. So yeah, with I'm just going to go into a little bit of like the some of the things that I've seen a lot of be- like a lot of the behaviors that I've seen from, you know, my counterparts in the military that have not had successful long distance relationships. Um, I've got think- a couple more points too, after you wrap up. So I'll go after you. Okay. So, just so you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I see a lot of relationships in the military where, uh, you know, cause inherently long distance relationships happen in the military because of moves and all this stuff that we're talking about. But a lot of people have this different persona that they put on when they are not around their significant other or when they are in, you know, uh, a different location. Like they turn into different people. It's really weird Fuck to that. see. Yeah, they like turn into like, like for instance, I see a lot of guys that show up to a deployment and then all of a sudden they turn into a party animal. Like they just want to party and they want to sneak booze into the base and drink and, you know, they want to like hit on girls. And it's just like all of a sudden they just turn into a like a, for lack of better terms, like a a frat boy. And it's it's this really weird thing that happens where it's like you see them with their spouse and they're fine and they're, you know, look like a normal human being. And then all of a sudden this like 40 year old dude turns into a 13 year old boy that just wants to party and have fun. So do you think that that is due to him being inauthentic with his wife? Or do you think it's that he's inauthentic with his boys? Ooh, I hadn't thought about that. Because it can go the other way too, right? Where sometimes Mm. your friends bring out the the feisty side and I don't know. That's either good... way. There's clearly an identity problem happening. <laughs> exactly. Like I think it's funny. Something that kind of came up like when we were back in, you know, at the schoolhouse and I was teaching, um, I think you were, you were working with a client and they said that like Caleb 
seems like he's a the same dude in front of everybody at school as he is in front of you. Like, and I thought that was something that was really telling to like the success of our relationship. Like people mm. don't, people have seen me, you know, separate from you and then seen me with you. And they always say like, Oh, he's the same dude. Like he's, he doesn't change. His personality doesn't change. He, like I, you know, they, they don't Interesting. ever, they don't see me as a different person with or without you. And, and you're I think saying that a lot of that's really common in the military. It's really common for people to change when they are not with their significant other. Yeah. So, and I, well, they I got it. They got to get to the root of that. <laughs> yeah. And I, I try to tell people all the time, like you should be the exact same person. You shouldn't be a different person ever. Like, I would never do or say anything that I wouldn't do or say in front of you. Like exactly. I'm not going to, you know, I don't cat call women. I'm not like checking girls out. I'm not, I'm not doing anything that is going to disrespect our relationship. And I feel like that's a really uncommon thing. Oh, you know, what's interesting about that is. Hmm. Oh, what you just said. I think that a lot of, youngins young people think that well they think that the respect is only due if that person can receive it so it's like i'm not gonna do right oh you just got it oh fuck yeah (laughs) i think a lot of people have um they don't they don't have the awareness of like hey if you're disrespecting her when she's not here um, that does just as much, if not more, damage than if you disrespected it when she did, you know, her when she was here. Mm-hmm. And I think they're like, well, she's not here to see it, so then it doesn't hurt. <laughs> and oh. could it be further from the truth? <laughs> That's exact. Like, if anything, the way you act away from the person is like, I mean, they're equal, they're equally important. The way you yeah. treat your the way you treat your person when you're with them is you know it's extremely important because that's when you can treat them a certain way, but <laughs> just as important as like when you're separate like that shows your conviction and your commitment to the to the relationship as well. Like nobody, I, mean, I think a lot of people yeah. too have issues with being themselves in general, mm. and so it's like this is where we get into parts work and you know, okay. In, in authenticity and stuff. Right. I think that's a problem that a lot of people have because I know even for me with the masking that I've had to do growing up for certain reasons that we will not go into right now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I think there's something wrong with having like a professional version or a fun party version. I think that the difference is that your values shouldn't change, even if your expression might. Yeah. Like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to obviously be more professional than I am when I'm just chilling out with mm-hmm. people that I love, right? Um, yeah. If I'm at work. But, um, so I do think that there's a little bit of leeway there. Like, you can't be the exact person in every scenario all the time. But right. I think what it comes back to is, like, if you're displaying distinct value differences, now we have a fucking problem. Because mm-hmm. if you're with her and you're saying, I love monogamy, and then you're with your friends and you're saying, I love hot chicks everywhere, that's a value difference now. Right. So I, I just wanted to get a little bit of clarity there where it has to do with your values changing around other people. That's right. where we get into trouble. Okay. Also, I think that um, just some other stuff that we that we could talk about, too, is something that we do is we don't watch porn. 
Nope. Because that shit. Well, why don't you tell them why? That fucking it trains your brain to be attracted to something else other than your significant other. Like, right. It, it, it's this weird fucked up thing that it like it is training you to, you know, be attracted to something other than your significant other. One, two, it is training you to think that whatever you're seeing on the screen is what ple- sexual pleasure looks like when let's be real. It's fucking not. It <laughs> not is even just close. it is just meant well, maybe to... for the guys, but not for the girls. <laughs> right. And like, oh, my God, like. Because I watched That's another porn. podcast. I, I watched porn before we met and I had no idea that that didn't feel good for you. <laughs> and I was like, what all, the all fuck? All the lesbians right now, all the lesbians right now are just like, men don't know a goddamn thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I just, I love that our relationship. Regular women too are probably thinking that. I know, right? No, I just love that, like, my brain is conditioned to you and only you. Like, you are the only thing and the only person that is, you know, going to make my dick stand up. And (laughs) I I, I just think that that's that's another really key thing. It's useful. It's very useful. It is very useful. mm -hmm, In keeping the relationship strong. Yeah, I mean, people are like, if you're always jerking off to someone that isn't your spouse... Like, literally, like you said, you're training your brain to only be attracted to people that are not your spouse. Mm-hmm. Also, same same kind of thing. With technology nowadays, why can't you be jerking off to your spouse? Uh-huh. You can get <laughs> all kinds of it. sexting in from all around the world. <laughs> and there are so many different things. There's toys that you can remote control from around mm-hmm. the world with Wi-Fi. There's so many other things. There's really no excuse to be lacking on sexual pleasure and a sexual experience. Just because of the distance, right? right? You like just there, get you can get creative. Yeah. You can get creative and and have all of those needs or most of those needs met, right? Exactly. Um, also, you know, same kind of token. Maybe you're someone that whose love language is physical touch, right? That's going to be really hard to get in, in a long distance relationship. But you can do other things, like, and I'm not talking about sexual pleasure now, right. but having pets that you could cuddle with. You yeah. will get the same oxytocin bump in your brain. Um, so like having pets so you feel less alone is really, really useful. Like yeah. if I didn't have these two cats, I'd be so fucking miserable mm-hmm. because you're just by yourself. You're just doing life all alone by yourself. Like every day is the same. Like it's fucking hard. Yeah. But these little creatures, these little creatures that I have, um, <laughs> you know, they, they cuddle me when I'm watching TV at night and they bring personality and joy to my life and I get to pet them. And like I said, we do get the same neurochemical release as we do with a human. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can do, there are a lot of workarounds. So I hope that that could help. Yeah. So I want to bring up another thing too, that, uh, a lot of people might get a little uncomfortable with, but it's something that is worth exploring Open and talking about. Exactly. <laughs> um, yep. So this is one of those touchy subjects that, and it's obviously not for everybody. It's not for us. We haven't explored that, but um, well, we tried, but we were like, "Yeah, no, it doesn't work." That's not true. We totally explored <laughs> we, it. We did. Oh, explore are you getting it. shy now? No, no. I'm just. What I'm saying is like, 
it's worth talking about. If you are in a long distance relationship, it's worth exploring. It's worth figuring out if this is something that your relationship can handle, if you're comfortable with it, and you know what the boundaries are. Like mm-hmm. we've kind of discussed some of this, and there's certain things that you're allowed to do that I am absolutely comfortable with that I and think is great versa. and vice versa. But at the end of the day, it was that open communication that allowed us to kind of come to those understandings and the yeah where those boundaries and rules are. Yeah. So right? this, and it's, like, it's... I think that a lot of people don't have the honesty with themselves sometimes mm-hmm. to talk about this. And I don't think they have the honesty with their partner. And it's like, dude, like if you guys are two grown ass adults who are secure enough to handle maybe outsourcing some things, outsourcing dates, outsourcing sexual pleasure, whatever, if you're comfortable with that and that'll keep your marriage together in the long run, uh, it's definitely worth exploring. Polyamory has been around forever. We, not everybody has been monogamous throughout all of history. That's actually relatively new construct to help with, with marriage and lineage and keeping royalty, you know, or the Royal bloodline going. Um, (laughs) but you know, like, we we had the openness to be like hey like this is what i'm feeling like i feel um like i'm not alive anymore and you know like how do you feel about me dating someone else and how do you feel about dating someone else if there's you know people that we feel close enough to 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 do that with and just having the conversation alone was a really bonding experience because mm-hmm. we got to talk about our needs we got to be vulnerable with each other and yeah. we had to hold space for each other to explore these options. Right. Long story short, we don't have the bandwidth for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not something that works for us, but I yeah, mean, I'm it, not like... a very, like, I don't know. I'm not that, I'm just not that, <laughs> I'm not like, um, yeah, I just don't have the emotional bandwidth for a lot of relationships in general. And then the idea of taking any relationship to the next level, I was like, you know what? I can't even handle a lot of friendships. This is not a good idea. <laughs> Right. And, oh, so, and same with you. You're like, honestly, yeah. I could go without sex. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's not that important. <laughs> well, I, I think you're kind of unique like that, but and there might so, be some trauma shit in the way there too, but Yeah, a hundred percent. It's okay. But so I, I just wanna, you know, before we start wrapping it up, like I wanna talk a little bit about like some of those key things that, you know, could potentially make a polyamory or an open relationship or something like that work for some people. So like we were saying, having those clear open (laughs) lines of communication about the needs and what you're thinking and what you're desiring is absolutely important. And this doesn't have to look like having sex with another person. Uh-uh. It can literally be something as simple as figuring out what works for each other. Like, We talked about some things and like, I'll be open about it. I'm okay with you like flirting with other guys and making guys a little bit confused about where the line is. Yeah. And like, I know because I do have, I do have a little bit of a rebellious streak. huh? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I love it. (laughs) And I think it's sexy and it's hot. Like it's hot to know that like my wife can snag any dude she wants, but she's choosing me. I choose you, baby. Every so day. it's it's one of those things where it's like just just explore it, talk about it with your significant other, and like 
just come from come at it from a place of like look this is human nature we need to have a discussion about it like it, there is biology well, and then i was like i think it was kind of weird or I, I know that this was kind of weird maybe to a lot of women listening but like i was like hey like two years is a long time i'm totally down for you to seek a professional yeah <laughs> where it is legal to do so right um you know, because what's so cool about professional sex workers is that I know for a fact that the emotional connection isn't there and that they can handle that mm -hmm. um, behavior without getting emotionally attached, without wanting to steal you away from me. Right. Um, and so it's just kind of, it's so interesting because I know that, I know we probably seem crazy to other people, but also we're the only people we know that have the best fucking marriage. So Right. I see. <laughs> and it's so funny because we actually are monogamous. So it's like, it's so weird <laughs> just talking about it. It just, just relieves so much tension. Mm -hmm. And it just is like, oh, like now I feel even more closer to you. And, um, you know, and and that might change, you guys. And, and I think the, the thing with relationships is, you are going to grow. You are going to evolve. And at the end of the day, I just want you to live the fullest fucking life that you can. And if that requires you to go and experience something sexual with a hot babe, like, dude, you, we only live once. Go for it. Yeah. Just tell me first. Right. Just, just it's, it's a matter of having those. You can work through anything that is discussed. You can talk you about it. You cannot work. Right. right. But once the trust is broken, oh, mm -hmm. you cannot bad. work through something where all parties are not being open and honest about it. Like you, inherently, like you don't have the full picture, so you can't actually make a decision. So it's yeah. just that open communication. Like, I know that's super cliche, but communicate. Communication is key. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> well, and then, you know, being honest with yourself about what you want, and what you're comfortable with, you know? Yeah, exactly. And ladies, don't just think that. And don't try to be the cool girl either, because if you're not comfortable with something like we also I know because I'm I'm singling out the ladies because we could put our needs last mm -hmm. and sometimes we don't speak up to what we're comfortable with. And so, you know, just make sure that you really are clear with your boundaries. Um, yeah. And if the guy loves you enough I, and vice versa, I think that we'll all respect each other's boundaries and just keep it honest, you know. But exactly. leave room for that evolution. Leave room for that growth. I mean, I told you this, you know, before we were married where I was like, hey, look, like forever is a long fucking time yeah. <laughs> to be monogamous. Just know that we might change and evolve and have different needs and want different experiences at some point. And as long as we talk about it, we're going to be yeah, cool. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, yeah. yeah. Like we, I feel like we could talk about this a lot more, but uh, we're coming up on but time. That's it for so. long distance relationships. Yeah, long distance relationships. I think we could probably have a whole nother podcast about like how to have a healthy relationship, and then you know, polyamory or non monogamy or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but to sum it up, I think for long distance relationships. We need that emotional independence. Mm -hmm. We need to create something together, even though we're apart. I think that that really making something together is really, really helpful. Lots it of is. communication. No pornography. Don't train your brain to be attracted to other people. Right. If it doesn't work for you, have the open 
communication to talk about maybe opening up your relationship and outsourcing some of those needs. Make sure that you have a support system, whether it's family or friends. Make sure that you both know the people that you both are interacting with. That will just mm -hmm. create a ton of safety. Absolutely. And I think that's that's everything. I think we touched uh, on everything. That's about it. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. I hope that helps you guys. All right, guys. We'll, uh, we'll see you on the next one. Thanks for tuning in.